Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All righty, hour number two of our radio program, Zach Gelb's show on CBS Sports Radio. If you missed it earlier, the defensive wizard of the Kansas City Chiefs and one of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time, Steve Spagnolo, joined us exclusively right in the show. Uh, about 20 minutes, I would say, right at the top of the show at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. If you missed any of that, you could use the Odyssey app and use the Rewind function. It's up for 24 hours. You could also always see the archive of our show each and every day, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. And you could always go to my Twitter page, at Zach Gelb, or on Instagram. Make sure you follow along. And we have the link for every segment in our uh, bio, and you could find our podcast page as well. And when you're there... If you want, you could uh, like it, you could subscribe, and you could rate it. Just uh, make sure when you rate it, you rate positive things. Because I only want positive things. I'm Mr. Positive these days at uh, CBS Sports Radio. And I expect a nice positive review from Largent Parks, who could be the next program director here of CBS Sports Radio in the YouTube chat. Uh, He is not happy with me because I think Kyle Shanahan choked the Super Bowl. Which, let's just be real, he did. He choked another Super Bowl. Now, when you say that, that's not not giving credit to Kansas City. I gave an abundant amount of credit to the Chiefs. From Mahomes finding a way to get the ball in the end zone after the 49ers only got a field goal. I have also given Steve Spagnolo a ton of credit, Andy Reid a ton of credit, and a bunch of players on their defense. So you could say that a team choked and it doesn't take away from the other team. Like, for example, the Atlanta Falcons choked the Super Bowl up against the Patriots. It doesn't mean that you can't also say, look at the brilliance of Dante Hightower, Tom Brady, and Julian Edelman. So both can be true. You can give credit to the Chiefs and also acknowledge that the 49ers choked the Super Bowl. And I was reading to you that message that that one guy from Wichita sent out where he called me like a clown and he wasn't expecting me to respond because I said that Shanahan was embarrassing in the Super Bowl. I ended up responding to it. He's like, I take the clown uh, part back. I listen to the show every day. I always love those encounters. By the way, tonight I'm going to the Ranger game at Madison Square Garden with a listener. I'm very excited to see how that's going to go. I'm looking to have a good time at the game tonight with Billy, who reached out to me on my birthday a year ago and said he wanted to take me to a Ranger game this year. I think that going to see a game with Billy might be a little bit different of an experience as going to a uh, Vegas Knights game with Sully. I would say so. <laughs> just just a little bit. 
since Sully is like the king of Vegas. And also, one of the guys that founded Metallica, who I've now started to have a little back and forth with on, on social media, really nice guy. He um he was sitting next to me at the game, which was wild. Uh, Brian Slagle, very nice guy. And not only that, his buddy that he brought to the game with, he had incredible stories. He ran the Vegas strip club scene for 30 years. And then when the pandemic happened, he kind of got out of that. But he told me since getting, you know, getting out of the strip club scene, he has lost 100 pounds. And the guy is in phenomenal shape. But he was showing me some old pictures of him at the game. And it kind of makes sense when you're running the strip club scene, you're probably drinking and eating all different kinds of things each and every night. I will say this. When I lived in Boston, there were a couple strip clubs not far from where I lived. Uh-huh. And they did. Moist Mike was at the strip clubs? Not for the reasons you thought. They did the most amazing lunch buffets. Buffets, could, yeah. Like their lunch meals, and they had to have good food to get people in the door to to watch what they were doing. But I, I would have my back turned to the stage. I'd just be sitting there eating and hanging out with my friends. And it was like the best food for the most amazing price. They had steak and Were you seafood. single then? Yeah. Okay. I mean, so this, you weren't just there. This for was like third. This was like twenty something years ago. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, I wasn't there for that. I was there for the food. And like you know, every now and again, you turn around and you kind of. Throw Take a, a glance, and then you'd not even. I was, I'd, 20, I'd sit in the back with my back turned. I wasn't there for that. I was there for the food. Well, uh, so I my, understand why he gained weight in the industry. One of my favorite, one of my favorite moments from the pandemic was when uh, Lou Will left the bubble and went to Magic City, and everyone was was saying, "Yeah, okay, you're there for those uh, lemon pepper wings, sure. You know, you were also there for the legs and the thighs as well. Like, let's be real and it turns out that Magic City has, like, some of the best wings ever. And people that know Magic City, and I do not, um, I've just heard of it. I've never been there. I was in Atlanta once, and I was not at Magic City. Next time I'm there, I got to go try the Lemon Pepper Lou wings, definitely. And when Shannon Sharp called him Lemon Pepper Lou, that was amazing. But everyone that has gone to that establishment, that gentleman's club, let's uh, be proper and correct here, um, they all have endorsed those wings as well. So strip clubs, it makes sense because – You have people that are just there to watch, and some people are cheap where they'll just throw a few singles or they won't buy a lap dance or anything like that. So when you sit down and you just basically gorge people with food, maybe they're like, okay, I may as well go through some of the other services. And listen, you just have to entice people to have a reason to go there in the afternoon, like maybe on a lunch break from work or whatever else. Where like, you know, people think of going to the strip clubs at night to like have a fun time and unwind, but... If you think of it in a different way, like, hey, you know, I, I have an hour for lunch. This place has great food. There happen to be girls dancing on a pole behind me, but I don't have to worry about that. I'm just here for good food. The strip club location, by the way, I always find fascinating because they're usually kind of hidden. Um, sometimes you get in a bigger city, they are not hidden. But when I was growing up, you know, as a kid in high school, there was always a club That we didn't know like really what it was at first. And then when you get older, you realize what it was. But there was a club adjacent to the local Applebee's on Long Island uh, in Comac, New York. So think about it. You had a bunch of kids every Friday night. Because you know when like your Friday in in middle school or high school, you want to go to like the movies or you want to go to an Applebee's and, and just have some fun. There's only so many things you could do until you get your driver's license. So we used to go to Applebee's a lot. And you think about it, you have all these kids half off apps at, at Applebee's 
And little did we know there was a gentleman's club about 10 feet from the Applebee's. And when you got a little bit older, you realize that that was a a gentleman's club. And it was like, oh, hmm, why is so-and-so's father insisting on taking us to Applebee's and then staying in the parking lot while everyone else is at Applebee's because so-and-so's father probably went to the local strippy? That's uh, what, what, what probably happened. I mean, I'll be honest. Applebee's two for appetizers is a pretty sweet deal, so I, I, I wouldn't be complaining too much myself. Well, they probably have a, a two for deal at the strip club as well. A different type of two for deal. Yeah. All righty, so Kyle Shanahan is under an immense amount of pressure entering this season. Um, let me ask you guys this. Do you think Shanahan entering next season is at all at any danger of getting fired? Like, can you see any way where after next season, Kyle Shanahan gets fired as the head football coach of the San Francisco 49ers? Stu gave me the biggest reaction, where I think Sam, there's an immediate no, I could tell. Stu is at least pondering it. And quite frankly, uh, since Sam, there's a Fugazi Chiefs fan now, I think Stu is the expert on this show of coaches getting fired because it feels like his team has a coach get fired every two years. So what's your thoughts on Shanahan? I mean, I would say it's unlikely, but... The Rams, I feel like, are at least a little more like they're not a terrible team to see. Like, yeah. the, the point is, the division's okay. So, is there a chance they fall off a little, somehow miss the playoffs? Then, yeah, he could get fired, but maybe 5%, 10%. Yeah, I would be shocked if they missed the playoffs. Me too. But I don't think it's a lock that they win the division. Now, I know that Geno Smith with the contract, he's all squared away for the Seahawks. I was reading today, there was a thought maybe they would get rid of him. I think the Seahawks are tough to evaluate because they have a good team. But I don't have a lot of trust in Geno Smith, and now you're going to start the Mike McDonald era. I do believe that the Cardinals will be improved. They got to get more talent, but now you're going to have another full season of of Kyler Murray. And I like what Marvin I saw. Harrison Jr. Well, potentially. You never know. It I, seems fairly likely at this point. I'm just saying, Caleb Williams goes one. Maybe Jaden Daniels goes two. I don't need my football team taking Drake May at three. I think Drake May is just going to be a good quarterback. I don't think he's going to be a great quarterback. I, I actually Unless there's a trade in the top three, all three of those teams are going quarterback. It, it's act, You're probably right, but it is funny because I randomly tweeted this out today. I said at three, I'm at the point of I either want Jaden Daniels because I don't think they'll get Williams, or I want the Patriots to take Marvin Harrison Jr., who is the best player in this draft and I think will be a Hall of Famer and then maybe use their second-round pick to trade for Justin Fields. That's what I uh, threw out there. But you're probably right that it's quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Marvin Harrison Jr. winds up with the Cardinals, and now you have Kyler Murray throwing the football to Marvin Harrison Jr. But the Rams are the real team that's the threat in the NFC West. And it's crazy how quickly they have turned that around because you had a scenario where it felt like McVay, Stafford, and Donald were all one foot in, one foot out, where it was they had one foot of the building and the other foot was at a golf course or uh, somewhere in retirement, some tropical island. Now, after the season that they had, I think it has brought some new life and has sparked some new life to some of those older guys. I know McVay's not old, uh, but Stafford and Donald being older as players, where now it's like, okay, you got Cooper Cup, you got Puka Nakua, you got Williams at the running back position uh, we know what Aaron Donald still is a defensive player. That team wasn't expected to be this good this year. And in an NFC that is wide open where the 49ers are still the team to beat. But the Eagles, there's confidence problems. The Cowboys, there's no confidence. 
Uh, the Lions are right there, and we know how good the Lions are, but now they got to replicate it. It's like you look at the Rams. They're a team that, that could be in the Super Bowl. They, they could be in the Super Bowl next year. I don't think that's crazy. But I do wonder. Here's the other part of it. Remember when the Seahawks won that Super Bowl and then the Seattle Seahawks were in the next Super Bowl and you had the whole Malcolm Butler situation? You saw that team and that era and that run basically end right there because the team lost confidence in the quarterback and also the decision-making by the coaching staff to not run the football with Marshawn and to throw it with Russell Wilson. I just wonder when players didn't have a damn clue and weren't prepared for overtime and how controversial this decision was to take the ball first and the offense fail in the big game and now Steve Wilkes gets scapegoated. I just wonder if Shanahan's going to lose the locker room like Pete Carroll lost the locker room. That's I'm just throwing it out there as a possibility. I think the only way he loses his job is if they outright miss the playoffs. And I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. But he is under a lot of pressure. Because eventually, when you are so close and you're there year in and year out and you don't get the job done, players get older. We already know the contract issues that the 49ers have. And then you got to get rid of guys or guys want to leave or you have to replace guys. So I'll do it this way. And I know you could define pressure in multiple ways. Pressure to win or pressure to keep your job. So the word pressure is very ambiguous. But I'll give you my five coaches that are under the most pressure entering next season. And you guys, you know, do a little checks and balances here and tell me if anyone else should be kind of in the conversation. In at number five is Robert Sala. We know Rodgers runs that team. But you missed the playoffs this year with Rodgers. You're going to be out of a job. And basically all offseason and all year you told us how good you would have been if you had Aaron Rodgers. Now, you would assume next year you're going to have Aaron Rodgers. Now you have to make the playoffs. So Salah's in at five. Four, I think it's Kyle Shanahan because now you're being referred to as the guy that can get to the final four, can get to the final two for a bunch of years, but you don't win the big games. And that's why I thought it was just ridiculous in Shanahan's answer where he goes, no, no, we've won big games here. You know what everyone means, though, by winning the big game. That's winning a Lombardi trophy. And your team overall had more talent than the Chiefs. Your team overall had more uh, talent than the Packers and the Lions. And in all three of those games, it wasn't clear that you were the better team. Now, you were able to come back and win two of them, but then when spotted a 10-point lead, you couldn't get the job done against the Chiefs. In number three, it's Sean McDermott. I think just similarly to Kyle Shanahan, when you keep on getting close but yet so far, then naturally you think you may need somebody else to get you over the hump. It feels more that way with McDermott than Shanahan, but you also got to remember the relationship of the GM and the head coach because it's not as if John Lynch is fed up with Kyle Shanahan, and I don't think Brandon Bean is fed up with Sean McDermott. So when there's good synergy and there's a good connection with the GM and the head coach, it could buy you an extra year or two until the owner swoops in and says, okay, now it's time to make a change. But McDermott, that team was 6-6. and It looked like it was trending the wrong way. 
You get rid of Ken Dorsey. He was scapegoated, and Joe Brady did a nice job. I know there was a bunch of injuries on the defensive side of the ball with Milano and also uh, Tredavious White, who keeps on getting hurt, unfortunately. But you have Josh Allen. Josh Allen has played well in the postseason. You don't know how much longer Stephon Diggs is going to be there. I think he'll be there for one more year. But this is an AFC where, yes, everyone's chasing Kansas City. You know the Bengals are going to bounce back with Burrow coming on back. You're right there as a top three team in the AFC. You eventually have to pull through. And I thought at times last year, McDermott should have been fired. With the way that the season ended, I understand bringing him back, but there are better options out there right now than coaching that team than Sean McDermott. In at number two, it's Nick Sirianni. Sirianni had a team that was in the Super Bowl. He exceeded all expectations to the next year. Let's just call it what it is. The Eagles ended up being one of the biggest jokes in football. Because you started 10-1, and one, and you didn't just lose and get upset. You just crashed, you burned, and you got embarrassed. It wasn't as if you just got into the wild card round and you just weren't the better team that day. You got dragged around for almost two months where you went from the team to then the team that everyone was laughing about and everyone was pointing fingers at and everyone realized that there were big problems with the Eagles. And then in at number one, it's Mike McCarthy. And Jerry Jones is a big reason to that. Final year of his deal, he's already talking about how he could work with Bill Belichick and the Cowboys are the drama Dallas choking Cowboys where they've been a great regular season team. But come postseason time, Outside of one game up against a below 500 team the last three years, they were embarrassing against the Niners twice in games that they could have won. And then this year, they just got pantsed by the Green Bay Packers. So I think those are the five coaches heading into next season under the most pressure. McCarthy won, Sirianni two, McDermott three, Shanahan four, and Robert Sala in at five. Sam, is there anyone else that you think should be in the conversation? There's a list of a couple guys. I think Sean Payton... I don't know if he's one. on the hot seat per se, no, but I mean, not. he has a lot to prove that it's not just Russell Wilson that was the problem there, that he can still coach. Well, real quickly, before you go to the next name, I do think that we talk about public perception. Like, now there is a public perception about Shanahan that he can't win the big game. For Sean Payton, I think the public perception is now, okay, you had a really great run in New Orleans. You won one Super Bowl. You probably should have won more than one Super Bowl, but now you took a job that... You won the Charger job instead of this job. You rushed to take this job. Uh, You saw an improvement by Russell Wilson, but now you can't stand Russell Wilson. He's inevitably going to get released. You had the whole situation where he didn't have to be petty with Nate Hackett as well. Sean has kind of become now a little bit unlikable and extremely arrogant, and I think people root against people that are arrogant And I don't think anyone ever was really rooting for him to fail. Now I think there are people rooting for him to fail. And you got to make progress in year two. And with obviously a new quarterback coming in, a roster that's not all that great, let's just be real about it, outside of Patrick Sertan, um, I think you have a lot of overrated players in that team. I don't expect them, like, if they finish third in the division, honestly, that's probably a successful year for them. Because the Chargers with Jim Harbaugh get the benefit of the doubt. The Chiefs are the team that everyone's going after for. And quite frankly, I'm more confident with the Raiders and what they have with Max Crosby and Devontae Adams not even knowing who their quarterback's going to be than what the Broncos have. So I kind of look at the Broncos as the fourth team entering next year in that division. Yeah, I agree. I think that division, we've, we've been talking about the division being tough for a long time. It does actually feel like it's finally going to be the juggernaut that we thought it might Potentially, be. Potentially, uh, because... 
The Chiefs are the team that everyone's hunting. In theory, the Chargers should make the playoffs next year. But now will the Broncos and the Raiders, you know, they made their decisions on coaches. Now we got to see what they're going to do at quarterback. And that is what's going to either make this really tough or it's going to continue to make it a strong team and then a team that's like right on their heels but is really never in danger of taking Superman's cape away. Uh, another couple names I have here. Uh, the Jaguars fell off. So, like, if Peterson has another really bad year, uh, obviously he turned them around with the first year after Urban Meyer. But, like, if he has another bad year and they underachieve and miss the playoffs, he could be, you know, in question, especially if Trevor Lawrence regresses. Mike Tomlin, again, every year it seems like we have the same conversation about I think that's more Tomlin. of a fan question than, than Yes, a, than I don't a think the Steelers question. really have questions about him, but every year we have that question. So and He hasn't won a playoff pressure. game since 2016. And he's got to figure out his damn quarterback, Man, whether it's, it's Justin Fields or whoever else. Exactly. Uh, Brian Dayball, great first season. Great one. Terrible second season. And, and they're going to stink next year, too. They have no talent. 100%. And then the last one is the guy who we all thought was going to get fired this year, but he's getting that second chance next year is Matt Eberflus. He's going to probably have a new quarterback under center. Maybe that gives them a little bit of rope. Maybe if they underachieve with Caleb Williams right off the bat, then maybe that's his like you know sign to be shown the door. Well, actually, it's a perfect way to tease next segment. I knew it. That's Who why I left him for last. Oh, that's why you're a good producer, all right. Regardless of what people may say during the show, we all I know, know that Stu you're a very good producer. Things when you don't hear his mic on. Um, when we come on back, the president of the Bears did he give an endorsement? To Justin Fields, we'll play you that next. This is Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck at a timeshare and want out. Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at WesleyFinancialGroup.com. We're talking about coaches who are under pressure for next season. Uh, just to hit up the good old cesspool of Twitter, at Zach Gelb. Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B. Uh, Jeff says, uh, or excuse me, it's uh, Lugnot, actually, who's a loyal listener to the show. Jeff said something else, which, I don't know, he's talking about some T-bone steak, and I have no clue what the heck he's uh, actually talking about. 
He goes, uh, Lugnut says in Oregon, I low-key think Zach Taylor has some pressure this year. The standard has been set, and the injury year cannot be followed up with anything less than making the playoffs. So Zach Taylor's done a good job with the Bengals. He's one of those coaches where I don't think anyone thought he was a great head coach, but then you get the right quarterback, and then boom, you take off. And I don't know, and I don't think anyone's calling him a top 10 coach in this league, but when you say Zach Taylor, you go, solid football coach. But he's 100% right. As long as you have Burrow healthy, you got to not only make the playoffs, but be a Super Bowl contender. Now, I'd have a tough time thinking, even with how good that AFC North is, that as long as Burrow is healthy, they're going to make the playoffs. And look, they almost made the playoffs this year with Jake Browning. And hey, even though you missed the playoffs this year, but you get a pass because Burrow was out, you got to laud really Zach Taylor a little bit for what he was able to do quickly with Jake Browning. Like, Zach Taylor didn't allow that to become a jet situation once Rodgers went down and you had Zach Wilson in there and a bunch of other quarterbacks who were just absolutely brutal. Uh, One more suggestion. Dean on Twitter says, uh, what about John Harbaugh for the Ravens? As far as coaches to be concerned, he has the talent with uh, with Lamar Jackson as the quarterback. You know what? I'll say this. John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin are very similar. They're both coaches who everyone acknowledge are top seven coaches in the league. You know, definitely top 10 coaches in the league. The Ravens exceeded expectations this year, but expectations change once you become a great team and what they did in the regular season, and there's no doubt about it that they failed. But I don't think anyone's rushing to fire John Harbaugh as the coach, but it was a poor look on him in the AFC Championship game when you had Zay Flowers taunting, and the guy that you brought in to be your offensive coordinator tried to win a certain way and not a way that was the most logically fit to your football team. So I don't think John Harbaugh is in danger of losing his job. But right now, just the feeling about the Ravens with Lamar as their quarterback is kind of similar to the way that we talk about you know, the Dallas Cowboys. Or it's similar to the way that we talk about um, you know, the you know, some other teams in this league, like the Buffalo Bills and the 49ers, all in different degrees, but they're the teams that I don't care what they do in the regular season. We got to see if Dak could come through in the postseason. We got to see if uh, Lamar Jackson could come through in the postseason. Um, and you go through the list of, jo- you know, Josh Allen as well, so, uh, you know, uh, Brock Purdy with Shanahan. They're just those teams. It's all different levels because the Niners have had more success. Um, We've seen the Bills get to an AFC Championship game. We've seen the Ravens now get to an AFC Championship game. The Cowboys are stuck um, either in the wild card round or the second round. All those teams, I don't believe any of those four that we mentioned, anyone will take the bait in the regular season until they show their dominance in the postseason. And that's tough to manage as a coach, but yeah, I would be so shocked if John Harbaugh is not back with the Ravens after next season. Anyway, I believe most people agree that Caleb Williams is going to be the new quarterback of the Chicago Bears. And Justin Fields is going to get traded. But a lot of the reporting out there is saying that the decision is not as much of a lock as what people are making it out to be. So before I play you this audio from Kevin Warren, who used to be the commissioner of the Big Ten and is now the president of the Chicago Bears, let's just go around the room. What is the percentage that Justin Fields is back on the Bears 
next year. He is the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears next year. Stu, I'll start with you. What's your number? It's very low. I'd say it's like 8%. 8 you said kind of sounded disgusted with that question, by the no, way. No, I just I'm just trying to think of like the chance. You know, maybe they think that he could mentor Caleb. I don't I don't think so though. That's no, why I said no, no. single digits. Eight. It's either Justin Fields is going to be the starter or Caleb Williams is going to be the starter. Yeah. I don't think there's a way you could do uh, the Kansas City model. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Um, Samter, so Stu threw out that peculiar number of eight percent. That's like a very Zach Geld number. Uh, what would you say the number is that Caleb Williams is back with the Chicago Bears next season? Or should be Justin Fields? I think it's a little bit higher, 20%. 20. Yeah, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, he's been there for three years. Mm-hmm. He's shown flashes. Usually by now you should know if your guy is the guy. He sound like Erlacher now. Yeah. But at the end of the day, also, he's shown enough flash that he he still could be the guy. And if you have that number one pick, there's so many holes on that team that if you can get a haul, if you can get a haul Which for that could. pick. And they right? just did the year before. Right. If you can get a haul for that pick and you can move back and keep fields and add an old lineman, some receivers, uh, some defensive players, and really just build around field, that might be the better way to go than to put a Caleb Williams on that roster without a lot around him. So they have DJ Moore at least there. Yes, but I mean the O line has been eh. And right? improved last year. I thought the O line improved. It's hard to tell with a guy like Fields because you can't tell if the O line is doing a great job or a terrible job because Justin uh, Fields is getting sacked a lot. Let's just be real. Quarterbacks go to die in Chicago. Right. Like, they've never had a quarterback that everyone's like, oh, I have to have in Chicago. Uh, well, like Rex Grossman was their quarterback when they got to a Super Bowl. We praised Jake Cutler for his time with the Chicago Bears. Let me go to uh, Mr. Chicago, because I know he has some roots there. Does Sid Luckman count? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about, like, things that our listening audience were actually alive for, Ack. I knew Ack was going to give me one name where he was going to be like, hold on a second, Chief. What do we have uh, cooking here? Percentage that Justin Fields is back next year with the Bears. Zero. I like Ack. Ack's having takes today. Look at Ack. I'm going to go, there is a 2% chance because... I do think Fields should be back, but I don't think he will be back because the other part about this, too, got two years left, assuming they would pick up the fifth-year option. Mm -hmm. I know that right now we don't know if he could be the guy. Like, I think there's an argument still to be made that he could be the guy. And, you know, maybe you get Marvin Harrison Jr. with DJ Moore and you put him in the best position to succeed. But you got to see him make strides. Uh, Your microphone was on there for a second, Samter. Hello. Yeah. Um, I heard you say something about Steve Spagnola, (laughs) and I'm like, well, that was an hour number one. Well, you know, testing one, two, three, testing one, two, three. Uh, We only work in radio. Yeah. Well, it was good that it wasn't a hot mic uh, incident. We didn't need uh, Samter to apologize for something. (laughs) But I think because of the contractual situation and the fact that they just traded out of the number one spot a year ago, even though it worked out for them. I just think it's time to reset, and they're going to go to Williams. I, I agree, and I guess the sixty-four thousand dollars question is, what does Ryan Poles think of Caleb Williams? But if if everything we are we've seen and are reading and hearing about Caleb Williams is that he is the next franchise quarterback, and you're still in after three years trying to figure out what uh, Justin Fields is, we've seen some good, we've seen some bad, and you know which way does it go? 
I, I, I don't think you, you have a choice but to reset. And the other thing, too, is I was extremely disappointed with USC this year. Now, I know their defense yeah, you stunk, yeah. and you had Riley be just arrogant and being trying loyal to uh, his guy and Alex Grinch at D.C. before they got rid of him. But that Notre Dame game, like that was the one game, and everyone gets a mulligan. Where I watch Williams and I'm like, for a guy that's supposed to be all that and was all that a year ago, I agree with you. He he stunk in that football. I agree. Game. You know, look the other the other side of the coin is maybe Ryan Poles is that high on whether it's Jaden Daniels or Luke May or Drake even May. even uh, Drake May. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Luke Luke is his brother. Um, <laughs> Good shot for you and see that one. Thank year. you. Uh, yes, exactly. So you know, or or maybe there's another guy. So. Um, but I, I, I don't. Th- I think to get back to your your point again, if you're still trying to figure out what Justin Fields is after three years, I think you have to reset. Here is uh, Kevin Warren, the president of the Bears, giving big time praise to Justin Fields. Listen up. I come to the table. I'm a supporter of Justin. You know, because I got a chance to work with him when I was commissioner of the Big Ten Conference. He is incredibly talented. Uh, he is smart. Uh, he works hard, and uh, he wants to be a great NFL football player. And so now he just needs to make sure that he has the support around him. He's working hard. And then I would love to see him, you know, this offseason, make sure he's totally healthy going into the season next year. Justin has a rare combination of intelligence, of size, of strength, and speed. You forget how big of a of a man he is until you're up on him. He's not a small man. And so I just think every year he's going to continually get better. So I'm glad he's on the Chicago Bears. My favorite part about that is Kevin Warren saying, he's not a small man. He's not a small man. I thought that was uh, pretty funny. I I, kind of roll my eyes at everything that he just said because I'm not saying he doesn't believe those things, but it's just easy for me to look at that and you're praising someone where a lot of people think you're going to move off of him and not look at it act kind of as you're setting up to overhype him so you get the most back via trade. That's the way that I at least well, thought you, about it when Warren was saying this. And, and I think, too, now they're not going to say this, but I think it's something that you and I can talk about. Yeah. Is look at the quarterbacks. The ultimate goal is obviously the Super Bowl. And look at the quarterbacks who have been there and won in recent years. And you have to ask yourself, can Justin Fields be this guy? And I... Don't know if they have that answer or if anybody has that answer. And you're talking right about Mahomes, Brady, Manning. Even even Breeze. Matthew Stafford. I yeah. mean, Matthew Stafford's been in the league at a, and played at a high level for a long time. He's not in that class as the other guys, but he's still a very good quarterback. Can Justin Fields even be to the level of of Matthew Stafford? And you know, you want to say no. And yeah, and and you go back to this is even more uh, several years uh, down the road. Uh, when the Eagles got there, they had a, Carson Wentz at the time was having an outstanding year, and had Nick Foles who kind of took it the rest of the way. But Nick Foles played sensational. Yeah, and I don't th- so. and and trust me, I think Fields <clears throat> has a higher ceiling than Nick Foles just in terms of consistency. But mm-hmm. Nick Foles played as good as any quarterback ever has in a two game run. Like yeah. he needed that production. And I know you could look at oh Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer and even Nick Foles who who was mm-hmm. a, an anomaly, but you know, those things don't usually happen. You are right. Mm-hmm. You look at the last 20 years, it's been Stafford, Russell Wilson, been, yeah, Breeze, very few. Brady, Manning, Mahomes. Like, 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys that are in the way, and you're in the NFC, so you don't have to go directly up against Mahomes, but you get to the Super Bowl, in all likelihood, Mahomes is right there standing in your way. Well, yeah. come on back uh, with the news brief. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Let's send it over to the man to my left. Here he is, the wallet stealer himself, the act man, Rich Ackerman. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. So the Bears have actually made uh, two moves in the last 20, 25 minutes. They have released Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair. So you got a longtime uh, safety released and then a longtime offensive lineman released as well. What does this mean in the Justin Fields and Caleb Williams situation for the Bears? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. It's the Saturday Night Huge Show. On CBS Sports Radio, we want your huge opinions. I don't know why. Whenever I, like, whisper and give the phone number, I always think about Bill Simonson, who's the uh, longtime Detroit-area talk show host, and he used to host here on CBS Sports Radio, and he'd always say, it's the Saturday Night Huge Show. We want your huge opinions. Coming up in 30 minutes from now, another award-winning update from Kevin Dexter always be like an obscure name. Let's go to Adrian in Maryland wants to chime in on Justin Fields and the Bears. Yo, Adrian. Yo, Zach. What's going on? Good afternoon, buddy. Yeah, hey, appreciate um, it. My, my thing is, when, when, I, when I called about this before, I said keep Fields. Uh, you trade down. You're still going to get Marvin Harrison. You trade down. You still get picks. But with them changing the offensive coordinator, you don't want Fields to learn another, another offense under under the uh, the head coach again, so that kind of takes him out of the realm there. I just don't I don't I don't like Caleb Williams. I think he's mentally weak. Why do you think that? Just some of the stuff you've seen at USC. Um, you know, going into the to the to the to the stands, and crying on his mother's shoulders, and just, that can't happen in and happen in the NFL because people are going to eat that up. Other teams are going to eat that up. So I don't really have a problem with him jumping into the stands and and crying in his mother's arms. But I will say, um, and maybe this is more of the new athlete, and you got to remember being someone that kind of grew up in the social media era, 
I think there is now a direct way to contact the athlete. And a lot of this stuff, and thanks for the phone call, Adrian, is very negative on social media. And I do believe that there is an awareness by Caleb Williams that what's said to him and tweeted to him on social media or, or Instagram message to him, DM to him, it does get to him a little bit. And he does respond to that type of noise. But I think that's just also now what's going to happen with a lot of athletes uh, now. I, I didn't, like, I don't think it was necessary for him to jump into the stands and cry in his mother's arms, but I don't really like hold that against him. You know, I'd rather have a quarterback have emotion than be fine after losing a game and then just go home and do nothing. So I, I didn't, I didn't, I won't crush him for that. Anyway, let's update you some of the biggest stories in the world of sports with some audio. We get to a news brief. For your daily news brief, we get you caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. So, KTV7 in Omaha, they caught up with the fan, Paul Contreras, who tackled one of the shooters yesterday at the Chiefs Championship Parade that went from a joyous moment to a moment of tragedy. Here is the fan, Paul, uh, talking to KTV7 in Omaha. One guy was hollering and saying, you know, stop him. Or catch him, you know, tackle him, whatever. And he's just bailing, running. And out of nowhere, I heard that guy hollering. So I'm just like, okay, well, I'm right here. And I just, I didn't think about it. It was just a reaction. I didn't hesitate. It was just, just do it. So I went to go tackle him. And another gentleman did the same thing. And as I'm tackling him, I see his weapon either fall out of his hand or out of his sleeve. So when I seen that hit the ground, I'm like, oh, you know, we got to take this guy down. And so, like I said, I did, and another good Samaritan did, and we held him down. And it seemed like forever, but it probably wasn't. It was like 30 seconds holding him down, and me and the other gentleman are hollering at ongoers, you know, where's the cops? Where's, you know, get the cops over here, get the cops over here. You know, we got them. That's just, like, really chilling audio. Sends a chill up your spine. And who knows what would have happened if Paul didn't tackle that man and you hear the weapon fell out of his pocket or wherever he was holding it as well. Uh, the Chiefs bare minimum. They should give that guy season tickets for life and like a, a Super Bowl championship ring. It's the least that they could do with the way that he stepped up at the parade yesterday. Here is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, I saw this on Inside the NFL. They were excited when the 49ers received the ball in overtime. Go with the toss? Yeah. Which way you want to kick it? They call it. They call it, right? Yeah, they call the coin flip. It's their coin flip, right? Which way do you want to kick it? We want the ball, Fred. San Francisco, you are still the visitors. What is your call? Tails again. He called tails again. It is tails. You want the ball? Which way do you want to kick? We're going to kick that way. San Francisco received first and overtime. Good luck, gentlemen. They want it. They want the ball. They wanted it. Hey, they want it. They wanted it, baby. We want them to have the ball. They want it. They can have it. Hey, even if we score a touchdown, they still get the ball. I didn't know that. If we won the toss, we were going to kick off, too. We got what we wanted. It's kind of crazy whether you agree with the decision or not to take the ball first. How you have Kyle Juszczyk, who had no clue the overtime rules as well. That's just inexcusable to me. And that's a reflection on the coach. And not only that, it's crazy how adamant the Chiefs were and how they knew what they wanted to execute. That's why they're champions. And the 49ers are just like looking around having no clue what was going on. The one thing I will say, though, is after the game when Juszczyk said what he said about not knowing, I thought that they didn't know while the drive was happening 
or even after the drive, they didn't realize. It sounds like from the video, as they were getting ready for their first drive in overtime, mm-hmm. that's when they realized, oh, it doesn't matter if we score a touchdown, they still get the ball. So that changes it a little bit, that they went on that that opening drive in overtime, knowing a touchdown doesn't win the game for us. Well, so it's different than what I thought after the game when they were like, we had no idea. Did that go through the entire sideline, though? That's the other thing. If you watch the video, Juszczyk's walking into a huddle of yeah, other guys. I'm so it saying. sounds like they probably huddled up and said, hey, touchdown. You know, It sounds like they all were kind of told at that moment. And I wonder how many people in that moment were like, oh, man, we made the wrong decision. Because that's the other part of this as well. Uh, Last night, Isaiah Stewart of the Pistons was arrested after punching uh, Drew Eubanks before the game. This is Kevin Durant on the incident between Eubanks and Stewart. It's a lot of noise around our game. There's a lot of that comes with being an NBA player. You keep the main thing the main thing. Um, And all of that stuff will fade away. It's unfortunate uh, what happened before the game. Uh, It's supposed to be a brotherhood. but I also understand dudes get into stuff and stuff may happen, but you know, we try to avoid that in this league, but it happens and hopefully we can move on from it. And um, we all support Drew and got Drew's back and you know, he'll move past it. So what's interesting to me about this is sometimes we feel like in sports, like you're disconnected from the real world and you don't like it to get litigious or you don't like the cops uh, to get involved. Like, during a game, if someone was to punch someone, I don't think anyone gets arrested. But since this happened before the game, maybe it opened up that door for someone to get arrested. Like, it is it is interesting to me. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but when you think of sports and someone getting into a fight, you never think it leads to arrest, but here's what happened before the game. And it sounds like it was a sucker punch. It sounds like they got in each other's faces, yeah. and from what, from what we're reading is that Eubanks turned around and walked away. And then Stewart punched him in the back like a sucker punch. And Stewart's and, secu- and security was there also. So at that point, yeah. it's probably a little bit different of a story. You just don't think, like I totally get what you're saying. I just never thought it would actually lead to someone getting arrested because sometimes we look at sports differently and it's like, oh, that's a different world. That's a different set of rules. But here you are. When I read that earlier this morning, I was like, wow, uh, that's extremely juicy. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.